Tonight we want to continue our series on In Concert. Um, for those who may not know, we've been looking at how the Holy Spirit helps us on a daily basis. And if you know anything about life in general, if you know anything about you, you would know how inadequate we truly are, how much we need the Holy Spirit every day, how we and ourselves are absolutely nothing. I want to ask you a question. How many of you have ever heard the name John Williams or Keith Lockhart? Anyone know those people? Nobody knows those people, right? Nobody knows John? Y'all could hear me? I, this don't sound like this on. This on? All right, okay. No, wow, that was okay. John, Keith, John Williams or Keith Lockhart, nobody knows them, right? You know them? Who are they? Who, are, who is it? All right, he's a composer, right? Who here knows the theme song of Star Wars? All right, everybody knows that, right? John Williams and Keith Lockhart both conducted the Boston, the Boston Pops. Anyone know about the Boston Pops? Orchestra, it's an orchestra that goes all around the world, which produced the Star Wars theme song along with many other Hollywood, and today with 45 Academy Award nominations. It's the most nominated living person in Academy history. Keith Lockhart, the current conductor, has led more than 1,300 Boston Pops concerts, including a pregame show for the Super Bowl, the National Anthem for the NBA Finals, and the opening for the World Series. Both of the above conductors were given the title, what's the title of a great composer? Anyone know? Was it? Maestro, right? Maestro. Because of their expertise as a master musician. Maestro is a master in an art, especially a composer, conductor, or music teacher. It is a title of extreme respect given to a master musician. The maestro makes sure the music piece is interpreted properly by acting as the guide to the musicians or singers. He chooses and studies the music score. That's certain adjustments to make. And then releases his ideas and performance so that when the music is played, there is unity and harmony. You see, in an orchestra, they need a maestro. A maestro is the person that keeps everything together. A maestro is the person in the front who conducts the whole orchestra. That's what everybody's looking at. If the maestro goes off, what do you think is going to happen? Everybody's going to go off. If I tell you over here to play one thing at one rhythm and over here at a different thing, what's going to happen? It's going to sound pretty bad. And tonight we want to look at what the Holy Spirit is to us. How is the Holy Spirit a maestro to us? How does he conduct, conduct us? And how is he, on, how is he on behalf of us when we are praying? Tonight we want to look at two things. Intercession. What is intercession? Intercession is the act of praying or appealing to God on behalf of another. When we pray, who do we pray to? God. We are trying to pray for others. Let me ask a question. How many of y'all like when someone said they're praying for you? Did that, did that give you any encouragement, like at all, to say, I'm praying for you? How many of you have ever lost a loved one and had someone come to you and say, you know, I'm praying for you? Yes. You, you know, that, that's the easy thing to say, in a sense. Because you know why? When you go through those times of troubles, a lot of times you don't know what to say to a person who just lost a loved one, right? And you don't want to be the, the, the guy or girl who comes to the person and be like, say the most 
un, you know, ridiculous thing to them and make them think like, you know, just see them crying and all that. You don't want to be that person. So I'm praying for you. Secondly, we're the saints. Not Kingsway Academy Saints, because I was a saint. I went to Kingsway. I graduated a saint. Not as Kingsway Academy Saints. But we're the saints. Those who have been redeemed and made holy by God. Another name basically for believers. This is what a saint is. A saint is basically a believer. One who has placed faith and trust in God. And we need to understand it because as we started off this series and we talked about the only way the Holy Spirit can live in any one of us is when we what? Accept Christ as our Savior. Let me ask you a question. How many of you ever felt like you've been used by a person? You felt like, you know what? That person only came to me because they really wanted something. They butted me up. You know, like they got they used like a piece of toast. They butted you up. You never talked to them. Especially if a, if a guy, you know, a girl come and swing around your head and be like, boy, William, man, you look good today, you know, William. I, I'm trying to be, you know, you know, not just trying to say. I'm trying to be a girl, you know. Anyway, right? You know, you say, man, you know what? You look good today, you know. You want to go get me my lunch, please? You know, to give you a little $5 and say, go stand alive for me or something, right? You ever had that happen to you where someone buddy you up like that and, and that happened? Huh? All right? They buddy you up because they want something. How many of you ever told your parents, mom, if you really loved me, you would do this for me? All right? You know, you do these little things. You say, you, you drop these little hints. You know how you could show me your love if you would do this for me? You know, or your mom will ask you, or parents say, do you love me? And then they'll say, all right, you could, you could really take out the garbage for me or something like that, you know? The list goes on. We butter it up. Then this is how we need to recognize this is not how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit either lives in you or it don't. But we'd like to play a little game sometimes with God and the Holy Spirit. Because when God, when we, when God is, when we want something from God, you know what we do? We pray. But yet, most of the time, we don't want nothing to do with God. I remember at your age, I was your age one, uh, I was not one time, I was only a couple years ago, but I remember being your age, and there was a drama that, that they um, put on one time here at Calvary Bible Church. And what would happen was the girl would do all these things, she would go to church, she would carry Jesus with her. But when it was time to go to the party, she wanted to try to put Jesus in the closet to lock him up and so he wouldn't go with her to the party. She wanted Jesus at her convenience, or when she wanted Jesus or God to see what she was doing. It's just like me and you today. You know, we know as a believer things we're not supposed to do. But yet we still do them, right? We do these things that we know we're not what's wrong. And it's a good thing that you know that it's wrong because that means the Holy Spirit lives in you and is convicting you of that sin. But the other thing is this. Of course, let me just say this on that side. All of us in this room would know you should not murder somebody. You know, like, yeah, I, I'm not going to murder somebody. I'm a good person. Almost everybody knows morally it's not right to steal. Right? And the list goes on. But as a believer, we must recognize that we have to be different. Let me give you a few things that the Holy Spirit does. John 16, 8. These are not on there. John 16, 8. The Holy Spirit convicts us. Romans 8, 14. The Holy Spirit guides us. Romans 8, 11. The Holy Spirit indwells in us. Ephesians 5.18, the Holy Spirit fills us. And one of the most important things in Ephesians 4.3, the Holy Spirit seals us. What does seal mean? It means that basically when I come to know Christ as Savior, 
I am sealed forever. There's nothing I can do to ruin that relationship. You see, the problem is there are different religion and different denominations that teach you that you can lose your salvation. And let me just say this tonight. You cannot lose your salvation. If you've ever accepted Christ as your Savior, that is forever. That is sealed. All right? Don't let no one tell you because you sin, you've lost your salvation. Now, that doesn't give us a license to go sin. But we have to understand that because if that was the case, if every time I sin, I lost my salvation, I would be losing that every single day of my life. But it's not. We cannot never lose it. It's sealed forever. And that doesn't make sense to us because we live in a, a world and in, 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 in our relationships where we always want something. And if we, get, if we do something wrong to somebody, what normally happens in our relationship? It goes apart. Not with God. Yes, fellowship is broken for a while. We must confess our sin to Him. But we are sealed forever. That's very important to remember. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Romans 8, 26 to 27. These are the verses we're going to look at tonight. And it says this. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought to. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Let me start there for a second. How many of you have ever prayed to God and you basically had absolutely no idea what to pray for and then all of a sudden these words just came to your mouth or your mind or whatever? Anyone ever been there? You know who that is? Ah, smart guy. It's the Holy Spirit. He brings things to our minds to pray for. He knows we're weak. He knows that we have a problem. How many of you have ever been in church and all of a sudden thoughts come in your mind like you just can't believe they come in your mind because you're in church? That definitely is not the Holy Spirit. Okay? All right, that's not the Holy Spirit. But we do think of things in church sometimes that have nothing to do with the Lord at all. And we wonder where those thoughts come from. All right? But that's not the Holy Spirit. So we, not, we have to be very careful. In verse 27, And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Again, if you accepted Jesus as your Savior, He has saved you from sin and has declared you righteous. Romans 3.25 You are now called His saints because of His work in your life. Intercession means the act of praying. Intercession means that I pray on behalf of others. Those who come to Calvary Bible Church, if you ever, you know there's a time when a pastor will get up during the service, he said he's, in, he's what? It's called what? Intercessory prayer, where he is praying on behalf of those who are sick, who are shut in, who has cancer, who are, you know, prays for them all. That's intercessory prayer. We're praying on behalf of saints. Why do we need this? Why the Holy Spirit intercedes for us? Because number, number A, or letter A, we are weak. How are we weak? According to verse 26, the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities and our weaknesses. Like I said, we, this is right what we're living in. This is a broken vessel. All right? None of us in this room are perfect. No one. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Sometimes we think we're perfect, but we're, none of us are perfect. It's why, this is why we have to understand something. We cannot put people on a pedestal and think that they will never hurt us. And we get surprised. Yes, that should not be the norm. Um, is there going to be a time when I'm going to do something to probably get on your last nerves? Yes. 
is there be a time when you do it to me? I'm going to give you an example. Thank the Lord, this hasn't happened. This has never happened since I've been at Calvary Bible Church. All right? But when, when usually when I was at another church, I used to go away and take teenagers away to school. I mean, to, to on camping trips and stuff. There would always be this time when we were all tired, when we were ready to come home, that it would be a time when people would just get on each other's nerves, and then they would just lash out. All of a sudden, it would just be this big lash out time. Bam! I will never forget this one time, being in Orlando, or Tampa, I can't, yeah, Tampa, sorry, Tampa, Citrus Park Mall. We were across the street from the mall, and we went... And we went, down, we went to this bookstore, actually a Christian bookstore. And we had these people who were gossiping. And they were talking bad about somebody. Right? They thought you were talking bad about my wife, all right? But anyway, what I did was I heard them. So what I did is I said, all right, everybody out. All right? Everybody out. Y'all sit on the sidewalk. All right? So... So we're out there. This is a little little strip mall. You know, we call it strip mall, right? Shopping centers, right? Not not strip. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Little little shopping little, little shopping center, right? And we're just sitting on the sidewalk, and I'm just giving it to them. Like we just came from camp, and I said, "You guys made all these decisions. You did all these things, and now all you're doing is going right back in the same way it's already." Blah 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 blah. And all these people just passing us. And they're just looking at us like, wow, you know, like, I mean, I'm just laying it, I'm just laying it, you know, laying it down on them. So don't let me get to that point, all right? That I have to, you know, you know, slap someone, yeah. I don't want, anyway, I was going to make a joke, but I'm going to do it to my boy. I don't want to have to look at someone and, and just be like, you know what? It's time, to, you know. I'm sure you all have seen it before, right? Where, where you get to that that point, we all have that point where, where you almost you turn into an Incredible Hulk one time. You know, you're just ready to, ah, you know, like a whole different person. All right? God's Word also teaches that we are weak. We are weak. We are weak people. All right? So what does that mean? We need someone to help us. We need the Holy Spirit to help us. We need help. Let me, let me give an example. William, come up here for a second, please. Joel, come here, please. Come here, please. Come here. All right. William, come here. All right. I want you to sit here, William. I want you all. I want you to sit here. I want you all arm wrestle for a second. I want you all arm wrestle for a second. Let's, let me see. Let me see you all arm wrestle. All right. Let me let me hold you all together. Make sure. All right. All right. One, two, three, go. All right. You see that, right? You saw how weak William was, right? I mean, how Joel was a little weak just now, right? Let's go again. Come again. On the count of three. One, two, three. You saw what happened there, right? Joel needed help, so I was there to help him. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. When we are weak, he's there to help us. Y'all can sit down. All right? The Holy Spirit is there to help us. He is there our help. He is there to help us along the path because we are weak. None of us are perfect. None of, all of us need help. All right? 
Secondly, we are what? Ignorant. We are ignorant. What does ignorant mean? What would you say ignorant is? A lot of people like to use a word that... What does ignorant mean? Anyone want to give it a... Huh? All right. This is what they say. You are so ignorant. What does the statement mean? You're either stupid, dumb, or uneducated. All right? Ignorant doesn't mean stupid. It simply means lacking in knowledge or training. You know, we have this problem where they say in our country... The people are ignorant. We aren't training our people to be better citizens. We aren't training, we don't, we don't teach our kids the right things to do. So they're ignorant. They don't know the right things to do. Let me ask a question. How can I do the right things if I don't know, if I haven't been taught? If I had to say to somebody in this room who have never played basketball, and I take them out there and tell them to shoot a hoop, some of you probably could laugh at them and say they can't shoot. Some of you will laugh at them and say they don't know what they're doing. And that is true. You know why they don't know what they're doing? Because they haven't been trained. It's just like us. You know, we may look at someone again, and this is our problem we have in our culture today, because if you know our national average is what? A D. All right, D plus. Wow, we got a plus in there? I didn't even know that. We went up. But anyway, it's a D. And because we're not training our people Listen, it's because we're not doing the work in the school, we're not training our people, we're not educating them. We're not doing the best that we can. And also, with that being said, we have to do our part. You know, I can't expect to be an A student if I never study. Only those special people who we all hate, who never have to study, you just want to slap them, because you know, you know look here, you know you study dead hard to get that C, and ain't that nothing to get an A. You know, anyone, anyone, any student like that in here, anyone like that in here who never had to study and you got an A? Faith is like that. Brendan, you like that? You don't have to study, you got A's? People like, you know, we. All right. Why, listen. In verse, listen, in Romans 8, 26, it says, listen. It says that we do not even know what we should pray for or how we should pray. Why is that? We are not God and we don't know everything. Why is it? Because due to our limited knowledge. First, it's because we have limited knowledge. Our minds are so small, we can't comprehend God. We cannot comprehend everything that God's about. If we could, He wouldn't be God. But yet, we like to put God in a little box. And we think that we've known God. We think we know everything about God. We cannot know everything about God. Secondly, due to our limited understanding. How many of you have ever picked up, how many of y'all know everything about the Bible? You know absolutely everything. Like, I can't teach you a thing. You know, you could, you could, you know, you could come up here and just teach everyone and you could do that. I don't even know everything. All right? Because you know why? Again, we're not supposed to. God is God. We are to try to study. We are to try our best. And also, thirdly, due to our limited perspective. Perspective is the ability to see clearly. Many times we are not even aware of our own spiritual needs, much less being able to see the spiritual needs of others. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit knows and prays for our spiritual needs when we fail to even recognize Him. 
You know, again, we go through life sometimes. We go through our day and don't even give God a thought. But yeah, we want God to always help us when we need him. Am I right? I mean, we go days. We spend hours. We can spend hours on the computer, hours on, you know, doing other things and don't give God one thought. But yet when we want him, we want him to be right there listening to us. You see, it doesn't work that way. We are to trust God with all our heart, Proverbs 3, 5. Psalms 37, 5 says that we are to commit our ways to the Lord and trust him. And he will take care of what we need. You see, God can be trusted because why? He never changes. Hebrews 13, 8. And when life changes and you don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes for you. And only true unchanging God, Romans 8, 26. You see, the maestro chooses the music for the concert and develops the arrangement. Then he rehearses with the musicians. The maestro sees the progression of the whole program and he knows exactly how he wants each part to be played and what he expects. Again, the musicians, the maestro must understand and look. I got to make sure my musicians are ready. If you come to a, a game or if you come to the, the orchestra and, and, you've, and this section is practiced and this section hasn't, what's going to happen? They're going to throw everybody off who hasn't practiced. The maestro cannot help all that. It's just like in any sport, anything you do. If you don't practice, you'll never get better. You never get to the point where you don't need help. You never get to the point where you could say to yourself, I don't need no one. I don't care how great of a player you may have been or how great a player you think you are. If we think of all the great players of all time in the NBA, if we think of someone like Michael Jordan, what, did Michael Jordan win any championship without Scottie Pippen? No. Did Scottie Pippen ever win a, uh, a championship without Michael Jordan? No. Did Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant won a championship without Shaq? But he had to get someone else, because Saul, right? He could not win. They, they cannot win without the other. Because they need a whole team. Even the one player who you may not think on the court, they still need him. I will never forget. I will never forget um, anyone who knows my cousin who was... Terrence, who was the youth pastor here, he was a Phoenix Suns fan. You may not know that. Anyway, he played for the Phoenix Suns. Right? I will never forget being, listen, I will never forget being to his house in 1993. And the Chicago Bulls were playing against the Phoenix Suns in the championship. Listen, listen. The Bulls were down by two points. And everyone thought that you know where the ball was going. Michael Jordan. The ball did go to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan went for the shot. And he missed. But guess what? Horace Grant somehow tipped the ball to probably someone who they never thought. John Paxson. And what did John Paxson do? Train the three to win the game. You see, you see the point of the matter is, is that it doesn't matter if you think you can do it on your own, you can't. We need the Holy Spirit to live in through us. And last thing is this, we are selfish. We need the Holy Spirit in the seat of us because we are selfish. Romans 8.27 says this. 
And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. He who searches the heart. Let me ask a question. How many times in your life have you thought about it and said, you know what, I really don't want God to see the depths of my heart? If God saw the depths of my heart, he would not love me. Because he, you know, the things that I have in my heart, the anger, the bitterness, the other problems of life, there's no way God would want anything to do with me. And that is so false. No matter what, God loves you. Even when we are, don't want nothing to do with God because we are selfish people, we only look out for ourselves, He's always looking out for us. The Holy Spirit's always there to help us. Even in those prayers when we get all selfish, dear God, please let me get an A plus on that test tomorrow. Please, man, let me get that fresh, them fresh um, J's that just come out. Lord, please help me. And then something spiritually comes out and then that's the Holy Spirit working in us. But you see, too many times we're just selfish. It's all about us. You ever, realize, you ever met an I person? You know what an I person is? Not an, I, not an iPhone, iMac, or whatever. No. You ever met an I person when they're all about themselves? You ever, ever heard of been around a person who said, well, I've done this, I've done that, I'm better than you, I've done this, I've done that. Anyone ever been around a person like that? None of y'all ever been around a person like that? You been around someone today? All right. Don't they annoy you? Huh? You know the right. You, you know you're right. You know it's it's like they're annoying. But yet there are many times and we ourselves are very selfish. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. We need Him to help us. The Holy Spirit works continuously in us, and He could never do it alone. And we must recognize that. How does the Holy Spirit intercede for us? And very quickly. A, He is our counselor. B, He is our companion. And C, He is our confidence. You see, we must recognize that He helps us. He is, first of all, our counselor. He is the person that gives us the counsel when we need help in a difficult time. Secondly, He is our companion. He's the person who is close to us, who helps us through a difficult time. And thirdly, he's our confidence. People who can testify how God turned a bad situation into a positive learning experience. You see, there are many people who can tell you stories upon stories of how God changed their life. I will never forget. And I'm sure I've probably told you this story before. But I want you to just imagine this for a second. I loved, I loved to play baseball. Baseball was my, baseball was like my love. I loved baseball. I wanted to be a professional baseball player. All right? But I also was involved in church right here. This was when I was about 17, 18 years old. And I never forget, I had a choice one night. I had a choice. I had to go play my baseball game or I wanted to go youth group. And for some reason, I, I had this thing where I would never put nothing before God, so I went to youth group. We had youth group to somebody's house, and we were playing basketball. And I will never forget for a second that I thought that I must have been, um, you know, 
Allen Iverson, where I could split two defenders. And when I tried to split two defenders, I just fell right on my arm. <laughs> fell on my arm, busted my, uh, I had a big gash on my, my um, chin. And I'll never forget, I thought to myself, why God? Why would you do this to me? Here it is, I said, I'm not going to baseball. I come in a youth group, and now you let me get hurt. Not even doing the thing I love the most, playing basketball. And I, and I was angry. I was like, why? Because my dream was to go away to school to play baseball. Maybe who knows what would happen, you know, went from there. And like I said, I, I fractured my elbow, my left elbow, my pitching arm, and I, never, I can't to the day, still can't straighten my arm. And that got me very, I, I was angry. But you know what I realized in that time? That God changed my whole passion for things. He let me understand, you know what? Baseball is a temporary thing. You know how hard it is to make the major leagues? Very hard. You know that life, it showed me that life is so short that the thing that you may love the most can be taken away just like that. And I saw God just working in my life and changing my passion, my desire, and he changed my desire to want to serve him in this capacity. And let me tell you something. Some of you may think, man, why would you want to work the church? You don't get that big salary that you could do somewhere else. You know, you don't make a lot of money. You know, uh, you know, people broke in your car and you can't afford to get it fixed. You got to drive that van out there. You can't, you know, the list goes on of things that you could blame and get upset about. But you know what? You know what brings me the most joy? Coming here with you guys every week. Even if I played baseball and I made millions of dollars, now don't get me wrong, if I made millions of dollars, that would help. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I'd, I'd have a little happiness on my face. But you know what? I'd probably still be missing joy because I wouldn't be doing what God wants me to do. And I saw God turn that bad situation, the situation over here where I wanted to play baseball and change it to what I was really passionate about and what he wanted me to do. And again, that may not seem that big to you guys, but this is the thing that I find the most love and joy, coming here on a weekly basis just to be with you guys. Um, that's why we want to open up our home to you guys because we love you. Um, you know, this is what we love to do. So as we think of the maestro, as we think of the Holy Spirit, let him conduct your life. Let him be in charge. Let him show you the way. We sang a song called Righteous Story. Let Jesus, let God write the story of your life. Let him really show you what he wants you to do. Is it easy when you follow God's way and all that? I can tell you no, it's not. Is there going to be bumps around on the road? Yes, it will. And if you go around Nassau, you see many bumps in these roads. But there will be bumps in your road. But the Holy Spirit will always bring you back. How do we apply this? Well, quickly. God has chosen the weak things of the world to amaze the things that are strong. 1 Corinthians 1.27. Secondly, we shouldn't rely on our limited understanding. We should trust God, as it said in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is what 1 Corinthians says. But God chose what is foolish, what is dumb, what is no good in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world 
the shame the strong. He's talking about us as believers. He's chosen the smallest, the dumbest people, the weakest people, you know, those who, to make people understand. We shouldn't rely on our limited understanding. We should trust in God's promises. Proverbs 3, 5 says what? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not what on our own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him because he will direct your path. Again, we can't rely on our own knowledge. Again, some of you think you may be smart, but that's not going to get you everywhere. You ever met someone who's book smart, but yet they street smart, they, the, they don't know what to do? Yeah. yeah. If you're just book smart and you ain't street smart, you got, a little, you got another problem coming for you, all right? Next one, we are to trust God with all our heart. I just said that. We are to, give, we are to trust him with everything that we have. Fourthly, when life changes and you do not know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will intercede for you on the only unchanging God. Eight, Romans 8.26, which you already read. And lastly, the Holy Spirit works continuously in you. Do what you could never do alone, bringing about the perfect will of God. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to make sure that we understand this. The life, the Christian life is not supposed to be something we do on our own. We can't. Let me ask a question. How many of you pick good on your own? How many of you pick the good of the world? How many of y'all think sin is fun? Who thinks sin is fun? I think sin is fun. If sin was not fun, we wouldn't want to do it, right? That's common sense. All right? Right? Am I right? It isn't sin fun when you go in, when you're doing the sin, and then the consequences aren't fun. You have to understand something. This life is not something we're supposed to do on our own. We have the maestro. We have the one there who is guiding us. Are you ready to listen to him? Are you ready to let him conduct your life? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your love. Thank you for all you've done for us. We pray that you continue to be on in all that we do. Just thank you for how much you love us, that you would send your son to die for us. And I thank you to know that you want something to do with us, that you want to direct our lives, that you want to conduct it. And I just thank you and I praise you for all you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, you are dismissed.